Hello, and welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Brent Aiken, David Pruitt, and Russell Martin. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's your host for this week, Brent Aiken. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, we want to welcome you and invite you over to our website, studentministryconversations.org, where you can find all of our previous episodes, show notes, and blog articles. Our goal is that you are inspired, encouraged, and the things that you hear on this podcast can equip you to be a better student pastor for the church that you're serving in. So today, I'm actually just doing an in-house podcast with David, one of the other co-hosts, Um, and yeah, so we kind of started talking, this is being recorded the week after Thanksgiving. Um, and you know, David with Thanksgiving and like being thankful for things and moving into the season of Christmas and being more, more thankful for more things. It kind of made me have the conversation with you that, uh, we kind of came up with was, you know, what would we have been thankful knowing earlier? Um, and so with that being said, David and I have both been in youth ministry for over 10 years. Uh, David outranks me in age experience a little bit, but um, it is something that we've both been in youth ministry for over 10 years now, and there are definitely some things that we have learned the hard way. There are definitely some things that we have still not learned, um, and there are definitely some things that we wish we would have known earlier. And so... Um, yeah, David, let's just spend some time talking about that. I'm sure I can come up with some interesting conversation uh, because, man, I don't know about you. There are some super, super blunders in my uh, past. Um, yeah. And a lot of it can go in a lot of different areas. So why don't we just start with you and let's throw one out um, that we can kind of talk about. Well, the the first one I think about is um, a conversation that we all had together um, as podcast hosts is, and we joked about making the episode about this, but don't do dumb things. Um, I think that's a great place to start because, you know, the thing I think about a lot is in youth ministry, um, especially back in the old days, it's not so much this now. I feel like people are kind of understanding that youth ministry is so much more, Um, but I remember being recruited and you know, especially to be fair, I was recruited at 13, but the thing that people talked a lot about is, isn't youth ministry just pizza and video games? It's supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be, you know, we get up there and we play a game and we, we do a lot of stupid stuff, but not like get in trouble, stupid stuff, but like there's whole podcasts dedicated to the craziest I was about thing. to bring that up. Right? I mean, like, I, I, like some of the things that I hear there of like, you've got, you got to be, there's a little bit of common sense, right? Apparently yeah. not. So yeah. let's talk no, about it. No, and that. that's, so that podcast that he's referencing, I believe is called the YG Chronicles. Uh, that's exactly um, the one. It's, it is basically a Instagram show. And I think it's a podcast as well to where literally you can submit your worst youth ministry moments and they will read them anonymously on their podcast. And I have been an avid listener and watcher of, uh, I watch their Instagram shorts a lot more than I listen to the episodes. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, there are some that I'm just like, oh my word, how, how are you, how are you alive? Number one, 
how do you have a well do you have a job number two right, not right, how do right, you right. but do you have a job number two and then three are you going to be employed anywhere else for that stellar decision making um but i think that's something that we really i wish that it was something that we could say is kind of going out the door but it seems to be just as rampant today as yeah. it was 10 years ago uh-huh. um and yeah don't do stupid things guys like if you are listening to this episode and you have a really really dumb idea that's coming up that like you haven't passed with other people um please 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 talk to other people um we're in this together and that also means that we can save you from getting fired so with that being said, mm-hmm. if it's not us, um, find local youth pastors in your community that you can talk to, because when you talk to those other youth pastors in the community <coughs> and tell them th- your ideas, hopefully they will be like, yeah, no, or hey, I love the idea, but like, let's, scale let's, it back a little bit. <laughs> let's take the live snakes out of the illustration or something to that nature. Like, <laughs> Wait, are we not supposed it, to do that? Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) So, but I think that comes into another kind of direction to take that um, topic of things that I wish I had known at the beginning. And you kind of mentioned it just a second ago. I wish I had known earlier that youth ministry is not just games and pizza. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I get a lot of, I guess, surprised looks nowadays when i am talking to youth pastors and they're like hey you know what's your what's your thing like what what games are y'all doing what activities are you doing and i'm like we don't do games at all like we have one fun activity a month um and it is on a night separate than our youth program our youth program is they show up and if they come early they can hang out we have pool tables and, and a ping pong table and stuff like that but there are no organized games. They hang out till worship starts. We do worship. We go straight into our lessons. We go into small group and we're done. Same. Um, and so with that being said, like kids want that. They want the disciple making aspect mm-hmm. of youth ministry. Um, and those are the kids that are going to stick. And those are the kids that are going to take it seriously. And so I would much rather take my group of 20 high schoolers um that are there for no other reason than to learn more about jesus and worship than 100 200 300 that are there because you're giving away a free xbox and i know the argument and the conversation can jump in of like oh well well like it no it's because like evangelism we're getting more kids in the doors and everything like that i if that's your church great but my mentality and my focus for ministry and i believe i said this in a podcast um, not too long ago has definitely shifted over the past three to five years to where my job is not to bring and evangelize all the youth students in my neighborhoods or in my community. My job is to equip the students I have to do that. Yeah. And so when I'm training and building up leaders to go into their schools and go into their communities, they are the ones that are talking through the gospel And they are the ones that are bringing Jesus into the places that I can't go. And they are the ones that are doing all of the work of the kingdom. I'm just doing my job, equipping them to do it. And now I, this happened yesterday. um, I had a youth student that was like, Hey, 
Um, so, so-and-so is with me and they're asking some great questions, but I don't feel like I can answer them. So you're in a group chat with her, me, and you, um, ask away. And basically she just started asking questions and I answered every question that she had. And I gave her evidence biblically, uh, on answering her questions and everything else. But I didn't do any of the initial conversations. The girl that's in my youth group has already been doing that for weeks on weeks on weeks now. And now she's getting comfortable to the point to where she's like, Hey, I see the benefit in this, but I still have questions. And so youth ministry is so much more than games and pizza. Please, please, please. If you spend more time planning the game for your Wednesday night, than you do planning your lesson. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, And I, I cannot stress that enough. And I, this could jump into a conversation really, really quickly or an assumption really, really quickly where you're like, oh, well, Brent doesn't like curriculum because that's all planned out for you and you don't have to. No, curriculum is a tool to help you prepare a order in a sequence to where you're going. Mm-hmm. And so use curriculum. That's totally fine. There's probably people out there that are smarter than you, that have more experience than you, that are writing some great stuff. But that doesn't mean that you download a year's worth of content from one of the download youth ministry or whatever, and then you just literally plug and play and use it each week without looking at it. You still need to adapt it to your youth group. You need to pray over it. You need to be looking into seeing how this benefits and how this advances your group of kids specifically. Um, it, it's super, super important because without that, without that, intentionality and that focus behind what you're doing you don't know where your kids are gonna go you don't you don't have any direction on where you're headed you just have something to fill the spot for the teaching of the week and we need to be really really um intentional on the um scope and sequence that we're teaching um we need to have a point a and we need to know where point b is on getting them there and so having a game plan and having that action Um, is super, super important. And your kids want it. I guarantee you, if you start feeding them the gospel, feeding them scripture, feeding them um, through allowing them to closely connect with God and closely connect um, with the spirit through worship and everything else that you're doing, and you remove the fluff, they're not going to do anything. Now, granted, there might be a transition period of like, oh, well, we used to play games all the time and now we don't do any. I'm not saying like cold turkey cut it this week. But I'm saying if you did like seven games and then a seven minute lesson, maybe you do a 10 minute lesson and you play five games and then you start navigating that back into the middle. So, yeah. And I would add to that because I think you said all that really, really well. Um, I think something to remember, um, and if you're the kind of person to take notes, write this down. What you win them with is what you win them to. And that's so, so vital to your ministry. If you spend more time playing games, that's what you want them to. That church is just fun and games and stuff like that. But what happens when they graduate high school and all of a sudden they're thrown into a small group with a bunch of young adults who are talking about adulting things and they're like, whoa, this isn't fun. And they walk right back out the door. We are losing people outside of our domain who want nothing to do with church because they bought what they thought church was supposed to be was a lie 
now i'm not saying that games playing games is a total lie and you're like losing people to the kingdom but we have to be really careful that if it's all about giveaways and games and flashy fluff stuff they're going to get a really really rude awakening when they leave and they try to they try to figure out what being a, an adult Christian looks like and modeling that for their future families and stuff like that, it's going to rock their worlds. And are we ready for that? Are they ready for that? Are we doing a good job equipping? Because that's the most important job that any of us can have, whether you're somebody who is like solely a youth pastor or um, there's so many of us that are hybrids that are doing youth and worship or youth and children and youth and family or college or discipleship or you name it the number one job that we have is to make disciples matthew 28 so what you win them with is what you're going to win them to and i would much rather see these students be one with the gospel and actually equipped to go out there and make disciples another another point that i heard um we recently went to uh, the Right Now Media Conference in Dallas. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice has been sick for like the last week. Always great. Um, but uh, one of the things that he had talked about at the conference is that um, if we're not careful, we're going to lose the whole, like the next generation because we're so focused on trying to win them through relevancy. And it's like we're we're totally losing the narrative of Jesus. It's like we're we're doing all these things for God instead of with God. And it's yeah, there's there's so much that um, could get lost. So man, if you're especially if you're new to youth ministry, but even if you're not, it's never too late to start strategizing. And I guess back to the point of don't do dumb things. Have a good leadership team around you. Um, sometimes it's hard to have good youth pastors in your area. I know there are whole places where, you know, we're really, really fortunate that Brent lives down the road from me about an hour and a half away. And the network that we have just from our church camp buddies, as well as just the network of of youth pastors in Snyder and Abilene, where he's at, like, is incredible, but that's not always the case. I know there are places where you're, you may be it, you may be the only youth pastor or, none of the other youth pastors want to work with you. And that's fine. If that's where you're at, please reach out to us. Let that be an extra plug. Like we don't just make a podcast to hear ourselves talk. We actually want to connect with you guys and we want to help you guys and equip you guys and mentor you. And if, um, and even if you've been doing this longer than us, I mean, sometimes, sometimes we can get bogged down in what we've always known. And this changing culture is hard to navigate. And so, um, wherever you are, whatever stage you're at, um, don't think you have to come up with all these ideas by yourself because that's where a lot of the dumbest things happen is like two o'clock in the morning, we couldn't sleep. And we're like, Hey, that seems like a funny idea. And sometimes I need to like give Brent a call and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And Brent's like, okay. Cause that's usually how Brent, like, let's, let's, let's dumb, not, let's not when, do that. When I say something dumb, Brent does this thing where his like, his pitch goes up um, a bit higher pitch. And he's like, "Mm, maybe we do this. (laughs) And his face usually gets red. Like, I don't want to insult you, but like, that's stupid, dude. (laughs) Yeah. No, it happens. No. But I think that's super important is having that wise counsel around you 
Um, and I'll just add one thing that I can kind of transition to my next point off of is the fact that that leadership group that you have needs to include parents. Um, that, that wise counsel around you needs to include parents. Mm -hmm. And so the other thing that I wish I had known, and I, I think we've said this before, and I kind of want to phrase it differently. Um, how we've phrased it before, I guess, is parents aren't your enemy. Um, yeah. But what I want to say is keep parents connected in your program yeah, up close and from afar. And so what I mean by that is like when you have a parent come and talk to you, don't disregard what they say. Be intentional. Take notes. Act like what they are saying is the most valuable and most important data that you're hearing right now. But then also keep them informed and connected by afar you need to be sending out regular contact with your parents to where you're like, hey, we are doing this this week. This is what we are teaching. This is what our volunteers are going to be teaching. This is our small group curriculum. And I've seen a lot of groups where this is really cool. And I've done it for a few uh, series on and off where it goes, hey, um, like we're teaching on um, – we're, we're teaching on Matthew this week and we're teaching about like his um, going from being a tax collector to a disciple and all this stuff. And like, we're going to ask these small group questions in our small group, but here's five additional small group questions that you can ask at home. Okay. And so allowing your parents to be um, honestly a part of their primary role, which is discipling their kids um, mm -hmm is super, super important. So you giving them a slow pitch softball where they can crank it out of the park and they can feel like you are contributing to their faith life at home is super, super important. And you're not doing it to give yourself a gold star or anything like that. You genuinely need to do it to make the parents feel like they are succeeding in discipling their kids. Because when it comes down to it, the stats, and we've seen this thing over and over, where we have maybe two to five hours a week, um, depending on the context of your ministries, yep. where we have interactions with students. Um, and the teachers have a lot more than we do, but then the parents have by far the most. Um, and so with that being said, it is super important to equip and encourage parents to be the primary disciplers of their kids. Um, and that involves you keeping them connected, keeping in contact with them so they can be on their A game and have those moments for conversation and opportunities where they can step in and really, really be beneficial um, to the development of their own kids. Because it is really, really cool to have parents that care. Um, and it's that's one of the most important things. I my shift in youth ministry and how I envision it now is the students are 50% of youth ministry. The parents are 50% of youth ministry because I'm ministering to the parents just as much as I'm ministering to the students. And so when I have the comfort and the um, um, buy-in of a parent and they're willing to come talk to me and say, Hey, um, you know, we're really struggling with them right now. Like, they're doing this and this and like, we don't really know how to parent this correctly. And like, that is one of the biggest honors that you can be given is when you are invited into their lives to help them 
Um, and ultimately that's our goal. Our goal is to step in alongside the parents to be the primary disciplers of their kids. We are not, so don't try to be. Yeah. And, and honestly, take those moments seriously. Um, like you said, it's an honor. Um, I spent a good hour and a half Sunday um, with a student who um, has really struggled to connect with her parents. And, um, you know, the conversation just went so well. But I can remember several years of just not connecting. And now now they've gotten to a place where um, they're having good, open conversations about really tough stuff like this kid is really struggling with faith and and especially in uh, today's culture and, and trying to reconcile culture in the world versus faith and, and having those conversations can be so hard because it's like I thought it was supposed to be easy like I take you to church and you learn and you grow and sometimes that's just not the case and sometimes you know especially as our, our students get older they should be asking the questions like what does God mean to me? And, and and is this faith real to me? Or am I just living somebody else's faith? Because we say this all the time. If, you're, if your student's faith is based on the senior pastor or my faith or your parents' faith, it's going to, it's going to crumble. Very yeah. few, especially in today's world where we are fed so much through our devices, um, man, it's not yeah. going to be hard to shake a foundation that's based on somebody else's faith instead of our own. And so um, it is so vital that we take the time to really uh, partner with our parents when we get those opportunities um, because, and you're not above that at all. Like, I think sometimes we fall into the, uh, the trap of like, well, parents get them more, so they should be doing, and you know, like, I have this set amount of time, especially for those that are maybe bivocational, maybe it's hard to sketch out that extra time, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, very, very much. And that I, I could probably come up with enough to go a while, but, um, for the sake of time, I do have one more that I wanted to cover and then I'm sure you can throw in one to kind of close us. I got one more. Um, but with that being said, this one, I wish I had known more and I would have been thankful to know faster um, is don't be ashamed of being anxious about impacting a, a, a kid's life. Um, and, and that might sound weird, but like for the first, I'd say for the first five years that I was in youth ministry, it, as stupid as it sounds, I was nervous and I was really, really anxious about sharing the gospel with kids. That sounds really, really dumb, but I'm sure I'm not the only mm-hmm. one. And so with that being said, like, you need to, like, anxiety, like, being nervous about stuff like that is good. I have a, I had a pastor tell me that if you ever get up and do something for the sake of Christ and you're not nervous, you, you need to recheck yeah, your heart. Yeah. Um, because you're not doing it for the right reasons you've shifted mm-hmm. yourself above jesus and now you think you're the best thing um, and so if you don't have that like nervousness where you like before you come out and talk or like preach the gospel or have that moment where you get to lead a kid to jesus um it's okay to have nerves you're not doing it wrong um and i i feel like i had that 
um, misconception very, very deep lodged in me for a long time mm-hmm. where I didn't feel like I was a good youth pastor because it was nerve wracking to me to have those one-on-one conversations with students because I was so afraid that I was going to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, I am going to say the wrong thing. I need to be relying on Jesus to say the right yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and so now I have had multiple times in my life, and one of them in particular um, just kind of stands out to me at the moment. With I, I had a girl come approach me um, at, at the end of our worship service at church camp one year, and we have the policy at our camp where if someone from the opposite sex wants to come and talk to you, that's okay, but you need to be within eyesight. Someone that is an adult out at camp needs to be able to see you in your conversation. You can be out of earshot, but someone needs to be able to see you at all times. And so I had kind of walked away a little bit, um, and I started to have this conversation. And what came out of her mouth was, my friend committed suicide, and I can't get over it. And I was just like, words Uh, and so i started talking and i was rambling and i wasn't making any sense and all this stuff and i was just like and like i literally just stopped and took a deep breath and i said like under my breath i said god help me um and boom words started coming out things started coming to my mind that i had heard and podcast episodes or conferences or talking to with other mentors of mine that like poured into me and like this fluid um, conversation just started happening and it was straight up because I lost the anxiety and I lost the worry of it needing to be me. And I gave it up when it came to the situation that I needed to give it up in. Um, and so with that, please, please, please don't feel like you're doing a bad job because you're anxious because you should be. Um, and if you ever get to the point to where you're not, a little nervous or like you don't have that kind of butterflies in your stomach when you're about to preach the gospel, you need to check your heart and you need to re really, really work on prioritizing what you're feeling because you might find yourself in the wrong spot. Definitely. And I would add to, um, I think sometimes we get a misconception that leading people to Christ should be easy because it's like, well, we're pastors, right? Like that's the bread and butter. That's what we're here to do is to get people to accept Christ. But again, we're in a culture where there's a lot more pushing against faith than for, you know, it's not as easy as it used to be. I could tell you it was way easier to share the gospel when I was 13 than I am at 33 because now these kids have this and they're like, but my phone tells me this. And then they won't say it exactly like that, but like, well, I read, I read on Facebook. Well, let's be honest. I watched a TikTok video that said this and you're like, uh, okay, let me tell you. This person on TikTok said that Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. Or, or my favorite thing is like, what if Jesus was actually gay? Like now we're just making, okay. Anyway, I'm all good there. But what I'm saying is that (laughs) this is getting harder and harder to, to minister, um, in that way. And it's harder and harder to, um, get people there. So it may not be as simple as, all right, pray this prayer with me and we're going to go down the Romans road, or we're going to go John three 16, or we're going to go this way. It may take a whole season and that might be weeks. That might be months. That might be years of just wrestling 
back and forth and you have that moment. And, and, and I want to also say this, especially if you got, went through a season where it was like, okay, we, it took us five years, five years of intense duking it out to get this kid here. And maybe that kid is no longer a kid. Maybe that kid is now, you know, 27 years old and you've been ministering for so long that you thought it would never happen. And it finally did celebrate the win. We have to be a people that celebrate the wins um, and let your Man, students that, and yeah. Celebrate, celebrate your leaders, let your leaders, let your students see you celebrate the win. And I don't mean like a cheesy, like, yay, they accepted Christ. Everybody clap and move on. I mean, throw a gosh dang party. You know, you want to talk about having a pizza party. That's the time to do it. Like that's the win. You know, we had a night where two, kids accepted Christ that had just started coming. And I was like, this is what we're here for. Let's celebrate. And we literally had a party the next week. And that's sometimes what we have to do, like celebrate the wins because yeah, man, we can get so bogged down and thinking that we're not good enough. Like what Briar or I don't know why I said Briar. Sorry. Probably cause Briar's right there. Um, <laughs> and he's laughing at me and nodding. Um, anyway, like what Brent just said, um, Sometimes we think that we're not good enough and we, and we, yeah. we beat ourselves up so much that sometimes we need to take the time to actually celebrate the win. Cause there's so much yeah. win. And truthfully, more times than not, even when things feel bleak, there's more good things happening than we tend to recognize. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just kind of tag onto that as an ending thing. Um, don't don't fall into the lie that once a person hears the gospel, they're going to accept it the first time. Um, because odds are they're not. You can look at different stats throughout different books and different articles and everything. I've seen everything from the, you have to hear the gospel three times before you respond. I've heard seven and a half times. I've heard, heard all kinds of different. Yeah, I've, I've heard all things. different kinds yeah. of things. And I really think it depends on the person. Because yeah. the thing is, yeah. is, I think it is not a knowledge thing. I think I think it's an experiential thing. And when you experience Jesus, the gospel sticks. Um, and so whether that's the third time or the seven and a half time, seven, I've never understood that, by the way, seven and a half. I just like you're halfway through the gospel and like, just oh, oh, like, oh. there it is. That one word. There it is. Yeah. Okay. All but, right. I see Jesus. That. I guess it's an average. That makes sense. But it always made me laugh of like, you're halfway through the gospel presentation and it just clicks. Um, or whether it's three or seven and a half or 21 or whatever. The thing is, yeah. is like your job is to present the gospel. Mm -hmm. Your job is to put it out on the table to where they have the opportunity to accept it. And if they mm -hmm. accept it, great. Now you get to walk with them and disciple them. And if they don't, Guess what? You get to present the gospel again. Um, yeah. And it is an honor. It is a privilege. Do not feel defeated if you talk to a student and they don't like have this like light bulb, heaven shines down moment to where everything just works. Sometimes it will. Um, and those moments are awesome. Like super, super magical. Like one of my favorite time, favorite uh, memories ever in youth ministry was I had a girl accept Jesus in the Chick-fil-A parking lot. And we made jokes about it forever of like, you know, Lord's yeah, chicken doing work fitting. and all kinds that's of stuff. That's fitting. Oh my gosh. But it was just one of those things of like, you know, it was the moment I saw it, I felt it. I was like, I'm going after it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started asking questions and it led to that. And I mean, it, her life was changed that day. Yeah. Like she was a different person and still is a different person mm-hmm. after that moment, which was super, super cool. Um, and so don't be afraid. Don't be worried about not having the right words. Don't be afraid about not being the right person. Don't be afraid if it takes more than once. Do not be afraid. I'm pretty sure the Bible says that a lot of times. Oh, yeah. So we should probably know how many times, but, you know, we didn't prepare that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's Google it. Google magic. Um, homework time. Uh, I'll say this and then we can wrap it up. Um, I was looking at some things online just while we were talking because um, I multitask. Um, not that that's a good thing, but, you know, it is. Uh, there's a, a cool thing. It's uh, seven things I wish I had known before I started ministry uh, from churchleaders.com. And the first one just, I mean, I think it sums it up uh, really well. It says your character will be tested more than your competency will be. We said that again. Your character will be tested more than your competency will be. Man, yeah, that's good stuff. If somebody would have told me that, I would have saved so much heartache. And even now as I'm reading it, I'm like, well, crap. Like, that would have saved me from a comp- like a situation two weeks ago. Yeah. Like, it's a am- And it yep. really, our, our pastor preached about that um, this week. And I thought it was a really interesting um, how often our character and our integrity gets attacked. Um, all because of a, a simple thing. Like I remember getting in trouble for um, a certain thing that we had, like I had all the parent buy-in, I had all the student buy-ins to do um, a certain thing. And it was like a disciplinary thing. Like um, our students were just being super disruptive in uh, the church. And it was like during service and it was coming to a point where we had church members that were like, dude, I'm struggling. I'm really distracted because the students are just loud um yeah in the middle of service and it was one of those things where i talked to our our staff leadership i talked to our adult leaders and i talked to our students said hey guys this is the complaint that's being being lobbied my way if we can't do something about it then i'm gonna have to have us come down and because we have like a balcony and it was like man if you guys can't handle being up there then we're gonna have to head downstairs and uh, yeah everybody was like yeah no that makes sense that makes sense well second time it happens all right, guys, just a reminder. Hey, I know we're used to doing this, but, you know, like, let's dial it in. I mean, church is for you, too, you know, and third time it happens. I'm like, all right, guys, I've already given you three strikes and everything like and I've told you guys all the way through this that if we don't if we can't handle our stuff, we're coming down and we're going to lock the balcony. Um, and uh Yeah. It was one of those things. And like I said, all parents agreed, all students agreed, wasn't a thing. So then someone decided to make like a paper airplane and they threw it and it hit an old lady in the head. And I was like, dude, I was lit. I was on stage leading worship. I saw it happen. I remember just thinking, God help me. I'm livid at this point. Cause it's just like, how many times do I have to tell y'all like, don't do this thing. Yeah. And yeah, you know, like I said, I had the parent buy-in. I had the student buy-in. They just weren't handling it and so i said all right guys that's it i've given you four chances and you guys just keep keep doing this This is what we're gonna have to do oh i had some parents that were livid they're like 
but you're not supposed to actually do it. Like we're supposed to most basically we're supposed to threaten the kids. And I'm like, threatening isn't getting a getting results guys. Like, and I'm not even saying like, that yeah, they can't earn it back. I'm just saying for a, for a little bit, we're going to just, yeah. And you know, the, you know, the funny thing, the result was that uh, the students actually started getting to know the rest of the church because we were no longer separate. That's it true. actually worked out, you know, but it was one of those things. It was a situation where like, I mean, they were attacking my integrity. They were calling me a bad husband. I mean, it was like stuff that was like, I don't even see how you're correlating this. Like, yeah, but it happened. You know, it was one of those situations. It's like, well, you're a terrible youth pastor. You don't care. You don't love these kids and you don't trust them. And, you know, and I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. Like, how does that have anything to do with like telling them that you aren't paying attention? Yeah, no, you know, I but I've heard sure. other youth pastors in the same situation. Like, what you want to take my kid's phone away during uh, Wednesday night youth? Like, why would you do that? Yeah, I'm like, uh, because they're too busy playing games instead of actually like listening to this yep. one hour that we get with your student. Like, it's important, but I mean, they will. They will come after your character. Yeah. They'll come after your integrity. They'll t- they'll call you a bad father. They'll call you a bad husband or wife. You know, depending. Um, They'll, they'll call you all these things and it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't ma- matter how much, you know, it doesn't matter how much you've studied or how long you've done it. Your character will be tested. And it's in those moments where you have to surround yourself with really, really good people that are in your corner and not just yes, people. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like people like Brent here, who's going to be like, Hey, I love you, but you're wrong. Or, yeah. you know what, actually in this situation, you're right. And I actually would have a conversation with your, with your parents and fight for it. Yeah. You know, you have to have both of that, you know? So. Sure. Yeah. No, very much. Well, uh, I believe David has a meeting to go to, which is fun. Yeah, like and another thing that youth late. pastors have to do. But <laughs> so with that being said, that is all the time we have for this show. If you're a frequent listener of our podcast, all that we ask is that you do your part to get our podcast out to the greater student ministry audience. Like I posted on social media just a few uh, last week, I believe. Um, We are getting closer and closer to 10,000 listens. um, And that is our goal is 10,000 before 2024. um, And that means we need your help with that. And so if you could help us, um, you can tag your youth pastor friends on social media. You can share our podcast any way you want to. You can listen to more episodes however you want to help out. But either way, if you tag us on social media or share a post, please, please tag us on your favorite platform using at TalkStudentMen. And then finally, if you'd like to come on the show in the future, reach out to us on social media or send us an email, podcast at studentministryconversations.org. And we'd love to set up a time where you can come on the show with us and talk about what you would like to bring into the conversation. Uh, But David, as always, man, a lot of fun, great topic um great great things to reflect on and see all the past failures in the past like oh man that would have been really really nice to know um and hopefully even sharing a few of these can stop others from making blunders um and like i said at the beginning if you haven't watched yg chronicles on instagram or listened to their podcast um if you want to feel better about yourself as a youth pastor go check them out because you will leave and say well at least i haven't done that um, not yes. that it's a comparison game by oh, any means, but it does oh, make man. you feel better about yourself. So, oh yeah, we, we regularly listen to it as a staff 
and, and it's yeah. a good it's a good like bonding character moment when you can just laugh because sometimes you just need yeah. a good laugh yeah but so. that is all the time we have and until next week we hope that you have a great week and we will see you next time